Hello and welcome to our third and final episode of Motor Speech Disorders. This week we will be discussing the management of dysarthria and apraxia of speech. The management of motor speech disorders is individualized to address the specific areas of need that were identified during the assessment. In line with the WHO's ICF framework, the goal of intervention is to help the individual to achieve the highest level of independent function for participation in daily living. As such, intervention is designed to capitalize on the strengths and address weaknesses relating to the underlying structures and functions that affect communication across different partners, activities and setting. Facilitate the individual's activities and participation to develop new skills and strategies and to eliminate barriers and enhance skills that increase successful communication and participation, including the development and use of appropriate accommodations. We will now discuss the management of dysarthria and apraxia of speech respectively. With regards to the management of dysarthria, the focus lies on facilitating the efficiency, effectiveness and naturalness of the individual's communication. The treatment approach selected may be restorative, where treatment is aimed at improving or restoring impaired function, and or compensatory, where treatment is aimed at compensating for deficits. The restorative approaches focus on improving speech intelligibility, prosody, naturalness and efficiency. Compensatory approaches focus on improving comprehensibility by increasing the speaker's use of communication strategies, improving listener skills and capacity, and altering the communication environment, as well as increasing effective use of AAC. It is important to note that treatment is not always restorative or compensatory. In some cases, treatment is aimed at preserving or maintaining function, for example, in the case of a person who has a degenerative disease that is progressing slowly. A number of factors need to be considered when selecting treatment. These include the severity of the disorder, the natural history and prognosis of the underlying neurologic disorder, the characteristics of the individual's speech and his or her communication needs, the patient and family preference and their engagement, the presence and severity of co-occurring conditions like aphasia, cognitive impairment or apraxia of speech. Treatment may target the different subsystems involved in the production of speech such as respiration, phonation, articulation, resonance and prosody, each of which will be discussed in more detail. So the first thing that we'll look at is respiration and this can be done by making postural adjustments such as sitting upright to improve breath support for speech, taking a deep inhalation before the onset of a speech utterance or using controlled exhalation tasks where air is exhaled slowly over time to improve control of exhalation for speech. The second thing is phonation, so programs such as the Lee Silverman voice treatment and pitch limiting voice treatment can be used, and effort closure techniques may also be used to increase the adductory force of the vocal folds, for example squeezing palms of the hands together. Then we can look at articulation, so for this we look at phonetic placement techniques to work on positioning of the mouth, tongue, lips or jaw during speech, Phonetic derivation techniques, which include non-speech-to-speech tasks such as blowing to a U sound, exaggerated articulation or over-articulation to emphasize phonetic placement and increased precision, 
and minimal contrasts to emphasize sound contrast necessary to differentiate one phoneme from another. Then we look at intelligibility drills in which the individual reads words, phrases or sentences and attempts to repair content not understood by the listener. And then rate modification strategies which include pausing at natural linguistic boundaries, using external pacing methods such as pacing boards, hand or finger tapping and alphabet boards, and lastly using auditory um, feedback. Then we look at resonance. This can include resistance training during speech using continuous positive air pressure. And last we would look at prosody, which looks at increasing awareness and ability to control respiration rate and pitch to vary emphasis within multisyllabic words and in connected utterances, improving intonation by signaling stress with loudness, pitch or duration, and using contrastive stress tasks to improve prosody and naturalness by repeating a sentence with stress on different words. So communication strategies may also be used by the individual and his or her communication partners to improve communication outcomes when speech intelligibility or efficiency is reduced, which were discussed in our first podcast. Environmental modifications can also be made to improve communication outcomes. This includes reducing background noise, ensuring that the room has good lighting, improving proximity between the speaker and his or her communication partner, and using face-to-face seating for conversations. Lastly, augmentative and alternative communication, or AAC, may be used to supplement or to replace speech. This includes things like fingerspelling, manual signs, communication boards, pictures or speech generating devices. Now moving on to apraxia of speech or AOS. Just like dysarthria, treatment goals focus on facilitating the efficiency, effectiveness and nationalness of communication. With AOS, this is done by improving speech speech production and intelligibility and using augmentative and alternative communication. AAC, such as gestures, manual signs, electronic speech, output devices, and context-specific communication boards when indicated. When designing a treatment plan for an individual with AOS, the following factors need to be considered. Client autonomy and personal preferences, the task difficulty, task hierarchy, and feedback provided. Like the treatment for dysarthria, treatment for AOS can be restorative, which is aimed at improving or restoring impaired function, and or compensatory, which is aimed at compensating for deficits not amenable to retraining. In the case of progressive AOS, it may also help maintain speech functioning. Approaches aimed at improving speech production and intelligibility focus on re-establishing motor plans and improving the ability to select and activate them and set program parameters such as speed in specific situations. These treatment approaches include articulatory kinematic approaches, sensory cueing, rate or rhythm control and various combinations thereof. Approaches used to compensate for AOS focus on teaching use of strategies or external aids and creating or personalizing those resources, such as using gestures, writing, or drawing to communicate. AAC is used to provide functional communication options while supporting, enhancing, and improving speech production, making it suitable for both restorative and compensatory strategies. 
Treatment selection depends on a number of factors, including the severity of the disorder, communication needs of the individuals, and presence and severity of co-occurring conditions. The different treatment options for AOS include articulatory kinematic approaches, sensory cueing approaches, word and phrase focused approaches, and rate and rhythm control approach approaches. These will now be discussed in further detail. So firstly, articulatory kinematic approaches are approaches that are based on principles of motor programming or planning. They provide frequent and intensive practice of speech targets. They focus on accurate speech movement. They include external sensory input for speech production. They consider practice schedules such as random versus blocked practice. And they provide appropriate types of and schedules of feedback regarding performance. These approaches include multiple input phoneme therapy, sound production treatment, and speech motor learning treatment approaches. Secondly, we have sensory cueing approaches. These approaches incorporate sensory input such as visual, auditory, and tactile cues to teach the movement sequences for speech. These approaches include integral stimulation, tactile cueing, prompts for restructuring oral muscular phonetic targets or prompt, visual cueing, electropalatography, and electromagnetic articulography. Thirdly, we have word and phrase focused approaches. So this includes script training, which is a functional approach to treating neurogenic communication disorders, and it is used to facilitate verbal communication on specific topics that are selected by the individual. Lastly, we have rate and rhythm control approaches. These approaches use intonation patterns such as melody, rhythm, and stress to improve speech production. Although these approaches are aimed at improving prosody, they may also result in improved articulation for individuals with AOS. Using these patterns, the clinician guides the individual through a gradual progression of steps that increase the length of utterances, decrease dependence on the cl clinician, and decrease reliance on intonation. These approaches use contrastive stress, melodic intonation therapy, or MIT, metrical pacing treatment, rhythmic pacing strategies, transcranial direct current stimulation, and augmentative and alternative communication, AAC. Now, barriers to successful communication and participation can be minimized for individuals with AOS by modifying the environment, like reducing the background noise, maintaining eye contact, informing listeners about the individual's communication needs and their preferred method of communication, and encouraging the speaker to use strategies for repairing breakdowns in their communication, such as repeating, rephrasing, using gestures, and writing. In addition to determining the optimal speech and language treatment for individuals with motor speech disorders, the clinician should consider other service delivery variables that may have an impact on treatment outcomes, such as format, provider, dosage, timing, and setting. So format refers to the structure of the treatment session. For example, whether this will be a group session or an individual session or both, 
The appropriateness of treatment format depends on the primary goal at a particular point in the treatment process. For example, initial treatment may involve intensive drills to improve speech production, and once the individual has made progress on these goals, group treatment may be incorporated to provide increased opportunities for practice. Next, provider refers to the person providing the treatment. It is important to involve family members and caregivers as well as other communication partners in the treatment process to help them to understand the individual's communication needs and to learn strategies to facilitate communication. Other professionals like physical therapists or occupational therapists may also provide treatment and it is important for speech-language pathologists to collaborate with other professionals. Dosage refers to the frequency, intensity and duration of service. Timing refers to the initiation of intervention relative to diagnosis. Generally speaking, treatment begins as early as possible post-onset. Setting refers to the location of treatment, so whether this is home or community-based, a naturalistic treatment environment that incorporates a variety of communication partners is preferred, as this may facilitate the generalization and carryover of skills. And that is the end of our motor speech disorders series. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you gained a better understanding of the differential diagnosis, assessment, and management of motor speech disorders. Please don't forget to complete our quiz that is linked in the description for CPD points. Bye!